Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Join the BD team in Columbus, Nebraska. We're hiring for multiple positions with sign-on bonus eligibility. Our comprehensive benefits plan starts for all employees on their first day, including low or no-cost insurance plans for select positions, career growth opportunities, and more. BD is made for what's next in health and your career. Apply today at jobs.bd.com. That's jobs.bd.com. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is DeAndre Nicola. If you're new here, I'm the host of Manifest Daily. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. And if you're an OG listener, hey girl, hey boy, welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Manifest Daily. So today's episode is one that I originally planned to do a whole YouTube video recording of so that you guys could actually like watch me, like see me in person live in action as I chatted with you guys about this. But y'all listen, I'm sitting here in my BU sweats and my little sweatshirt, my little crew neck. I've been on the couch working for the last couple hours and I am just not in a space or like I just I'm just really not put together for video recording right now and I obviously did not plan this out very well else I would have been prepared and ready to do video recording but I feel like the podcast recording by itself is going to be a little bit better anyways because now I'm going to be able to get a little bit more deep with you guys for if it was going to be like a video and a podcast it was going to be a little bit shorter but when it's just a podcast episode, I can get really deep with you guys. We can chat like we're sitting together in like a cozy space, sipping our tequila, hot chocolate, water, whatever, whatever drink floats your both together. Okay. Like it's like a little girls night, girls, boys night. We're just hanging out. Basically, we're just hanging out and having fun. So today I wanted to chat with you guys about seven things I learned before turning 27. And if you guys don't know, which I feel like you probably do know if you've listened to the past couple episodes because I've mentioned it a couple times. I turned 27 last week on Friday, May 14th. My mom was in town. She came for her Mother's Day for my birthday and just to kind of spend some time with me and see Dallas for the first time. We hung out. We did like a little birthday celebration, which was basically super chill. Like we went to this pop-up shop market thing. We went to the mall. I got my first plant, like my first real plant. And we just really had so much fun exploring Dallas. And it was cool for me to be able to like explore the city with someone else who was also like new to seeing everything because we got to see a bunch of new things together and I thought that was really cool but on my birthday last week I remember waking up a little bit sad and I feel like ever since I've you know I I was gonna say I y'all I cannot talk right now but I feel like for my past couple birthdays I want to say maybe like 25 onward I've just been 
really going into my birthday experiencing a little bit of the birthday blues and some of you guys may be able to relate to this i personally feel like it has happened when i've started to kind of get into the more later or mid to late 20s specifically because i know i had so many you know goals and expectations and visions for my life and how it would be before i turned 30 or 25 or 27 i had these like little milestone ages and i think that you know, I'm really coming to terms with creating new goals and creating a new vision for myself because that some of those goals and visions were created when I was like, what, 14, 15, 16 in high school and sitting here and having this very limited view of the world and sort of living in sort of this fairy tale vision of how my life would be. And it hasn't turned out like that. And so I think in some of my later 20s birthdays, I've gone into it feeling a little bit sad. And I really, you know, sat with that uh, the morning of my birthday and had myself, you know, you know, I always tell you guys, like throw a little pity party, maybe a pity party of one for like, you know, whether it's 30 minutes, an hour, and then, then wrap the party up, right? Wrap the party up, clean up and just get out there in the world. And it's not, you know, pushing your emotions aside. I think, you know, whenever I tell you guys, like throw yourself a pity party for feeling like it, it really is the act of feeling those emotions and allowing yourself to kind of sit with that, explore that. Why am I feeling this way? What has triggered this? What can I do to change this? What can I do to really work through this in a healthy way and do so? And that's kind of what I did on my birthday. And I ended up having a really amazing day. And I'm proud of myself for being able to sit with some of those thoughts that I was having and to decide that I wasn't going to let those thoughts ruin my day because I had a, a choice of whether or not I was going to let those thoughts ruin my day. That being said, like I said earlier, this episode really is about the lessons that I have learned before turning 27. And I am sure I could write an entire book on the amount of lessons, on the amount of things that I've gone through in 27 years, right? 27 is a pretty, still pretty young age, but you know, by 27, we're really starting to find ourselves in those formative adult years. I think when you're in your early 20s, you're still kind of in this place where you're technically an adult, but you're really still, you know, maybe you're relying on your parents for certain things. You're not really sure who you are. You're not, you know, really sure what you want in this world. And I think the older that you get, you become a little bit more sure of yourself. You start to really stand in your own ground. You start to create your own sector, your own area, your own place in the world. And you start to really understand who you are much, much better than you did when you were in your younger years. And so I want to say from 26 to 27, I learned a lot. I learned a lot of different lessons. And these lessons that I'm going to talk you guys through today are definitely ones that were very, very prominent in my last year of life. So I guess it's like seven lessons I learned between age 26 and 27. Um, but a lot of them are also lessons that I have, you know, really been learning throughout the years. And it's sort of like I'm put in situations. I'm shown opportunities I'm being put in spaces with people that is or, or that are allowing myself to be in spaces to understand and learn these lessons even better and deeper so it's almost like they're coming back around over and over and over again for me to get better at it it's like a video game when we kind of liken life to a video game we talk about how yes there's the whole part of it where you can have fun and you can create and you can do sort of anything that you want when you really understand that life 
you know, kind of is like a game, but there are also levels, right? And it's like each level, the challenge gets a little bit more difficult. It might be very similar to the challenge that you faced at the last level, but it has a little bit more of a twist. And so it allows you to really enhance your learning, to test that skills, to put it into action and to learn even more. So let's go ahead and dive into the seven lessons because I feel like you guys are going to find that these are some really, really cool ones. And maybe you guys can relate to some of these lessons. Come let me know on Instagram if you you also have learned some of these lessons in your either your past year of life or maybe you are in the process of learning some of these lessons right now so the first lesson is that sometimes you need to live a uh, oh my gosh not live okay wait back up hold on the first lesson is sometimes you need to leave a good situation if you intuitively know that there's better out there for you so this one i think is is a tough one, right? Because I think when we're in any sort of situation and it's toxic and it's bad and it makes us feel bad and we don't like it, we can justify leaving. It still might be hard, especially when you find that the situation, even if it is a toxic situation that you don't want to be in is something that you've gone, gotten used to. It still can be hard to leave that situation. But I think one of the hardest things to do is to be in a place, situation, relationship, whatever, where it's not bad, right? There, There's nothing super toxic, super bad about it. But there's something that also doesn't sit with you quite right intuitively. And you know that you need to leave. This is a lesson that I have faced over the years many different times in many different ways and seasons uh, from romantic relationships to jobs to even habits in my life or uh, environments that I place myself in. If I found that I was starting to feel an intuitive pull away from a certain situation, away from a certain person, I've had to really sit with that and I've had to decide to take that that hard path and step away from something that really isn't serving me to the best of my or to the best of its ability or really isn't serving me in the long term or I know it isn't going to serve me in the long term even if in this moment it doesn't seem too bad that is definitely something that I have seen come up as a lesson in my life over the course of the years and one thing that I have noticed with this specific lesson is that every time a situation like that pops up it does get a little bit easier to actually discern what is my intuition what is fear I still have a lot of situations where I'm where something happens and I'm kind of like is this fear that's causing me to want to leave or is this really my intuition that's causing me to want to leave or like what is it like what is the true reason like is it even ego like what is actually you know happening here and I found that the more that I put it into practice when something doesn't sit right to either change it to leave it to pivot from it whatever the case may be the next time something comes up that's similar in nature where again intuitively it's not sitting right for me or sitting right with me I feel a lot more courage in making the decision to leave because another thing that I've noticed is every time I do make that hard decision to walk away from something that isn't intuitively serving me I'm always presented with something better and we hear this narrative and we hear this not even narrative but we often hear this and this is something that is talked about in the spiritual community so so much and just in life in general that if you 
you walk away from something, right? If it, if one door closes, another opens, right? If you walk away from something that isn't serving you, it may take a month, it may take two months, six months, a year, five years for something else to come along. But if you have faith and if you stand in your worth and if you, you know, keep your standards high, something better will come along. That is just the nature of it. That that space has been created for something better to come along. And sometimes the better thing can't come along until you have that space made for it and until you are in a position to understand your worth in order to call it in. So that's definitely a lesson that I have really been learning hardcore in the past year and definitely before turning 27. And as I look at my notes right now it is currently 1 11 p.m so we love that we love a good angel number so the next lesson that i have learned before turning 27 is placing yourself outside of your comfort zone is the best thing that you can do for your growth i again have talked about this countless amount of times on this podcast and i would say i've really like zoned in on this specific lesson recently especially with my move to dallas again if you're new here you may need to go back a couple episodes but long story short I moved to Dallas Texas by myself I pretty much don't really know anyone out here um, I have a couple of friends that I'm making acquaintances like now things like that but I moved here on a whim right it was kind of just a faith-led move I just kind of trusted my intuition I took a leap of faith and I ended up in a brand new state brand new city brand new coast of the country essentially but one thing I can say is that even in this short amount of time being here which is insane I actually was at brunch yesterday and um the person I was at brunch with asked me like how how long have you been in Dallas? And I literally had to sit and think about it. I was like, I think it's been like three going on four months because I moved here. Um, it was right before Valentine's Day weekend. So like maybe February 12th or something like that. And currently we're in May. It's, it's mid-May, right? So it's literally been three months that I've been here, a little over three months, but it doesn't feel like it. It feels like I've been here longer. I feel like this is definitely, this feels like home for me in this season and chapter of my life. But in such a short amount of time that I've been in this city, I have noticed that I have been really pushing myself out of my comfort zone and I've been experiencing such a quick expansion, such quick growth in myself and who I am and, and the way I see the world just by allowing myself to step outside of my comfort zone, right? We often talk about wanting these things in our lives, wanting to call in certain relationships, wanting to call in certain opportunities, wanting to call in whatever the case may be for us. But what I think a lot of us fail to realize too, is that even when we're asking for like blessings and we're asking for really cool things to come into our lives, a lot of these things live beyond our comfort zone, right? Because our comfort zone is what we're used to in our day-to-day -day lives. And in order for us to really really just like mentally accept that we can have a better relationship, that we can have better opportunities, that we can have a better job, a better home, whatever the case may be, we also have to be prepared to step outside of our comfort zone in order to get it. It's sort of like you're always going to be led to the door, but it's up to you to take that step and walk through the door, right? No one is going to push you. I think that life is a mix of faith and destiny or fate and faith, right? But fate and destiny. But also there is a lot of free will here. We as humans are given the opportunity to exercise our free will on a daily basis. Yes, there are certain things that are, I believe, destined for each of us, destined to happen in our lives certain chapters, certain seasons 
seasons. But I think that there's also the free will to navigate, to choose how we do navigate that season, to choose how we navigate certain chapters in our lives. But part of that really is allowing yourself to make the decision to step past your comfort zone when you are presented with those opportunities. No, it's not going to always be easy. No, it's not going to always be fun. And that is just the nature of getting outside of your comfort zone. But I do believe that it always, always, always results in so much growth. Like you learn so much about yourself. If you've ever put yourself in an uncomfortable position, which I'm guessing that the majority of, if not all of you listening have, you will also notice that yes, you feel awkward in the moment. Yes, you feel like really strange. You may feel like really nervous, anxious, whatever. But then after, what's really cool is you notice that you also feel really proud of yourself. You notice that you also feel like, wow, I made a friend or wow, I learned X, Y, and Z about myself or wow, I learned that this thing actually isn't that scary because, you know, ego has this way of making us feel like everything beyond our comfort zone is like so scary and just like filled with like dark rocks and like crazy crazy, you know, water and like fire and it's just like this awful, awful terrain. But really what's beyond our comfort zone is just limitless opportunity, right? That's, that's really what it is. I always imagine it as sort of this desert where you can conjure up anything and everything that you want, but you really just have to step out there. It is the unknown. You don't know what lives out there, but you also know that because you don't know what lives out there, that literally anything could be out there. And I think that's the beauty in the in the in the what wait what, what am I saying that's the beauty in going beyond your comfort zone I was trying to figure out the word for like the opposite of comfort zone and then I was struggling because I'm like is it discomfort zone right the beauty in your discomfort zone yeah that's exactly what I'm trying to say so the next lesson that I have learned before turning 27 is it's okay to feel jealousy, but don't let it consume you or drive you into self-pity or self-loathing. So I have an episode on this. Uh, I actually have a couple episodes on the podcast about jealousy. So if this is something that's sort of interesting to you, or if you're in a chapter in your life where you've really been dealing with a lot of jealous and envious thoughts, one of the episodes that comes to mind is called Green Eyed Girl. That was like a while back. I think I did that sometime in late 2020. Um, There's another episode I think I did recently. I cannot remember the title, but it also touches on jealousy a bit. But this I found to be really helpful for me to kind of acknowledge this lesson because in this chapter of my life, and I talked about this as well recently with you guys, but in this chapter, I found that you know, as we're all getting older, everyone's lives are sort of taking different courses. Like the path is different. So if you kind of imagine like growing up, right? Elementary school, middle school, high school, even college, when you were among your peers, you pretty much were all kind of in similar situations, right? Like for the most part, everyone was kind of going through similar things besides obviously your home life. Cause that, you know, was probably like very different for all of you guys, but you know, it was like you were taking like the same kind of classes and you had like exams around the same time and then you got grades around the same time. And like even when you were applying to college, it was all around the same time and you got into colleges all around the same time if you went to college. And like, I feel like the timeline was just so similar among peers that it was kind of like no one felt like or at least for me, 
I never really experienced this thing of feeling like I was behind because for the most part, everyone was doing similar things. Like if someone was um, taking an exam in a class, like if it was a similar class as mine or the same class, we were taking the exam around the same time. Or maybe like we all had finals around the same time. You know what I mean? Like it was a very, very similar timeline. And then after college, that's kind of when things start to branch out, right? Some people go to grad school. I went to grad school. Some people don't. They just go right into working. Some people people get married right after college some people have kids right after college some people it's happening now but what I'm trying to say is that after college I think that's kind of when the paths started to really just like diverge and everyone kind of started to do their own things at very very different timelines or at least that's when I started to become more conscious of the difference in timelines right and I think with that it can sometimes bring up comparison and then with comparison, that can be a catalyst to envy and to jealousy. So right now in this season, and I, again, I literally talked about this in either like the last episode or the one before it, but I found that, you know, seeing peers around me do things like get married or, you know, buy a house or have kids. If I'm not personally in that space and I know that's something that I want, I can feel jealous. I feel like whenever we feel jealousy or observe ourselves observe ourselves feeling envy it's typically because we're seeing someone have something that we don't that we want that we don't currently have or are currently experiencing in our lives right now and there is some level of fear there is some level of fear happening that makes you feel like you can't or you won't have or experience that because typically if you see someone who has something that you want and you also are really sitting in the faith of knowing that you'll eventually have your thing at your own time your own pace anyways you don't really feel jealous you kind of feel happy for the person you're like okay whatever like i'm doing my thing like and you're really conscious of your path but sometimes it can be easy to get distracted and to look over at someone else and what they're doing and feel like oh wow like i'm so behind like what am i doing wrong and it becomes this whole spiral of comparison it becomes this whole spiral of you not feeling gratitude for where you are for you feeling like you know you'll never have that thing and really just like feeling like you're very very much behind and i do think that jealousy is it is a human emotion right and i don't think jealousy itself is this thing that we need to kind of like vilify i think it has been vilified a lot i think you know i've seen the narrative a lot recently of like basically if you're feeling jealous you're a hater which i don't agree with because jealousy is there as an emotion to show you that there is something that you are seeing that you want and to also again show you that there is some fear there that may be for some reason deep down you feel like you can't have this thing right and it's up to you to kind of figure out well why don't I feel like I can't have this thing why do I feel like it's out of reach for me and to work through that and so that's why I do think jealousy can kind of be good to show you some of those weak spots in your faith and to help show you where you should strengthen your faith in yourself and in your abilities to co-create what you want in this world but that being said I do think it's important to when you do feel jealous or envy or anything like that not to allow it to drive you into the space of self-loathing and self-pity I had a moment the other day actually where I was driven into that that self-loathing and self-pity out of jealousy for seeing something happen in a pair's life 
and feeling as if that is literally never gonna happen for me. And I went into the spiral. I remember it was when my mom was here and I was sort of talking to her about it. And you know, she was she was basically saying like, your time will come. It's all the things that we know, right? It's all the things I tell you guys about too. But I think it's important to acknowledge that we all are human. And so we have those moments where our faith does waver. And I think that is, a, that's absolutely okay. But I had that moment and I, it was like a whole day that I was just sitting and I was having this pity party. And I was just kind of like, oh my God, like, why isn't it happening for me? Like, I was just feeling the way, okay? And I had to really ask myself, like, do I have any proof? Like, do I have any 100% it's facts proof that this can't happen for me? And I didn't. And then I really sat with that a little bit more and kind of, I did, you know, I, I basically had this conversation with myself, my God, um, my God, I <laughs> the conversation with myself, my guides and God, just sort of like almost imagining this round table and chatting through like, here's how I feel. I'm going to vent to y'all, but also like I am asking for help and I really asked for help. I asked for a sign. I asked for just help strengthening my faith in the fact that I will be able to have this thing because I know deep down I can. I, I was just really like going through a struggle and that was really helpful for me. But what I'm saying is that whenever you experience these moments of jealousy or envy or anything like that, like it is so important to come back to what you know, come back to the facts, come back to seeing that as a moment to strengthen your faith and not necessarily seeing it as a moment where like, you need to spiral into sadness because if you do that and you choose to stay in that place like really you're just gonna kind of like turn bitter you're gonna be bitter you're gonna be cynical you're gonna be angry and sitting in a space like that isn't really it doesn't do anything positive for you it like doesn't do anything for you except make you feel really shitty so that is my take on jealousy and a lesson i have learned about that so the next lesson i have for you guys is that self-care should be built into your budget prioritize it and make sure that you honor the practices that feel good to you oh oh my gosh yes 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 and yes so i think that i've been seeing this a lot more recently and i'm so happy to see it i've been seeing people really honor themselves honor self-care as a practice by really investing in the things that are going to help them feel more well so for someone it could be getting your nails done right for someone else it could be the facials for someone else it could be therapy for someone else it could be taking yourself out on solo dates right you get to decide what a self-care practice self-care routine looks like to you and that's that's you and your business okay that is you and your business that is not my business that's not anyone else's business what makes you feel good and what is helpful for you and your wellness but i think that the lesson that i'm really trying to narrow in on here is that self-care is important and should be baked into your budget. I personally, I use a budget sheet. I, I think I've told you guys about this before, but for me, it's like, you know, I write down on my sheet, I have things like my income coming in and then I have like all my bills so it's like rent and my phone bill and my car and my car insurance and things like that. Food, groceries, like everything. But I also in my budget build in things like my spin classes or I actually build in um, my budget for getting my nails and toes done. I build in an additional budget for what I call my fun money because personally I like to shop. Okay. And for me, I I'm gonna make that a priority I like people are always like you know be like save 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 and I agree like save your money like save invest like be smart 
with your money, be practical with your money. But I also think that we work so hard that I'm such a provo like a, a fan of, of like enjoying your money of enjoying what you work hard to earn, right? We've made up these damn ideas about money and whatever else in the world, because y'all know money ain't even real, but we've like created this whole system. So I'm like, okay, if I got to participate in the system to be here, then maybe I'm gonna have fun with this money, okay? I'm gonna have fun with it. So I literally build it into my budget fund money, which is just money that I could do whatever I want with. So like every month, like I might just go shopping. I might go to Starbucks. I might like, like I might put aside my fun money and save for a larger, like maybe luxury purchase. Like, I don't know. I literally get to choose to have fun with that money. And it's a specific budget for it. Because I know that for me, being able to shop and being able to love on myself by gifting myself material things sometimes is important to me. So bake that into your budget. Like, yes, paying your bills is important, but I almost see self-care as like paying the bill of like yourself, right? If you're, you know, you're, you're here on this earth, you have this one body, this one vessel for life, take care of that vessel, take care of your mind, your body, your spirit, your soul. And in doing so, that carries a cost with it, depending on what you want to spend that money on to maintain and achieve wellness for yourself. And so I think that it should be something baked into your budget, something that you're consciously putting money into and seeing as an investment in not only your present health and your present wellness, but also your future health and future wellness too. So another lesson that I have learned before turning 27 is that being an entrepreneur does not mean that you need to work on your business all the time. In fact, someone can have a nine to five and still be an entrepreneur. So the meaning is given to the word by the actions that you take. So this is something that Tolu and I, who I had Tolu on the podcast uh, two or three episodes ago, we talked about this because there has been this uptick in this like entrepreneur, like we hate the nine to five culture on the internet. And I've always found myself kind of in the middle of that, right? Because I don't necessarily think that nine to five jobs are bad. I think it's more so about how we as like a culture and as a society create certain narratives around nine to five work like 40 hours sometimes i feel like you can get your work done less than 40 hours sometimes it takes more or like just you know like it's like certain things around the nine to five that i don't necessarily like but i think we're we're here and if we've created the system of work and money and whatever and we're all kind of participating in the system how you get your money as long as obviously it's not harming others and things like that i think is your business so if someone wants to have their own business have a, a and work a nine to five i personally feel like you're still an entrepreneur i feel like you are still someone who is building a business of their own, who is maintaining a business of their own. I think that, you know, there's been such, um, it's almost like there's this discourse where we want to label people who also have a nine to five as not being true quote unquote entrepreneurs, which I think is just nonsense. I think it also goes back to the whole idea of labels and this idea that we creep labels to essentially categorize people to figure out how to judge them, to figure out what you know, value we should attribute to them. And I think when people say they are an entrepreneur and they don't have a nine to five versus they're an entrepreneur and they also do have a nine to five, I think we try to put those people on different 
levels and platforms and say one is true and one is not really fully in it and doesn't have skin in the game and whatever else and honestly at the end of the day i don't really give a fuck what anyone else thinks like you shouldn't either do what makes you happy do what makes you the money that you need to be making to maintain your lifestyle to elevate your lifestyle again as long as it isn't harming other people who cares if you're at a nine to five and then you also have a business i personally think that's really really um, really cool if you're able to maintain a really successful career at a, at a corp corporation or company or small business or wherever, learn from the people that are there, learn from the situations that you're put in there and take that to your business. Like, I feel like if anything, being an employee somewhere else can really uh, like enable you to like gain certain skills to learn about how to run a more successful business, especially if you're close with you know, senior staff or anyone there at the company that could be a mentor to you and really help you figure out like how to actually be a successful leader. That skill can translate really, really well into entrepreneurship and into building something on your own. So don't don't be sitting here too caught up on them labels. OK, don't don't sit here too caught up on them labels, baby. OK, so the next lesson, y'all, you still have time to create the family you want. You're not late. It can still happen for you and it will. I don't think I have to say much about this one. This goes back to one of the things I was talking about in the dating episode. If you have not listened to that episode, even if you're in a relationship, it's such a good one. It's all about um, things that I'm learning through navigating dating after a breakup. And it is so good, you guys. Dating like is, <laughs> these streets is a little rough. Okay, I won't even lie, girl. These streets is a little rough. But I think dating also is really cool because you learn so much about yourself. And one thing that, you know, I have to always remind myself is like, it's not too late I think I personally have to keep telling myself that over and over and over again and if you're also single and in your later 20s like myself you might feel as if like oh my gosh like oh like I'm approaching 30 and I don't have this partner and like I want kids and all these things but just know it's not too late you still have time you know it's so funny my mom was like I was telling her this like again like I just I was vented to her all week girl okay all week but um we were talking about like dating and we we're talking about like all the just like basically this and she was like, you know, you just don't know what God has in store for you. She was like, you could literally meet someone this year, be engaged like, I don't know, end of the year, next year, and be married by the end of next year. Like, you don't know what God has in store for you. Like, it's, she was saying essentially that things can happen very quickly when it's supposed to happen very quickly for you. And it could almost feel like nothing's happening literally nothing's happening for the longest 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 time and all of a sudden your shit just pops off and then next thing you know you're married and you have like two kids on the way and girl you like wait but how this happened like it was so quick it was so quick so you still have time okay don't worry girl you still have time okay okay and the last lesson the last lesson ladies and gentlemen because we are gonna wrap this episode up very soon okay is things don't always be easy when you have to do them alone, but you're going to be so proud of yourself for having the courage to keep going, even when every fiber in your being has wanted to quit. And this is just something that I love to remind myself of daily. Ugh, I feel myself already getting emotional. But yeah, this, this one is big because I feel like being on your own, and again, you may not be in this season in your life. Maybe you, you know, will be in this season soon. Maybe you have been in this season soon and can relate, but living alone, being in a place alone is kind of like going back to the comfort zone lesson. 
it is just really hard but i think there's something really cool about being able to learn how to fully rely on yourself right and i think there's a difference between learning how to fully rely on yourself and being like i don't need anyone like whatever and learning how to rely on yourself and still knowing that you can let people in right because that's kind of what i'm trying to do here i'm trying to still keep myself open still be open to receiving from others be open to receiving from god be open in general but also still know that i'm strong enough to do things that i want by myself if i see something and i want something something and I can do something to achieve it or I can take actionable steps toward it and ask to be met halfway by God then I do so then I take those steps I make those moves because I've I'm all I've always been a very actionable person um and I think that's one of the qualities that I love the most about myself it's so funny I remember doing the episode uh what was it I think it was called like perseverance way back I don't even know if this is kind of like a tangent. I did this episode way back. And I remember one time, I don't know why this came up, but one of my friends, we were talking and she happened to be like telling me that one of her favorite qualities about me was my persistence and my dedication, which again, it's so funny because I never would have zoned in on that quality of myself if someone hadn't pointed it out first. Because for me, it was just sort of like regular. Like it was sort of like, if I want something, I'm going to do what it takes like to like i'm gonna do what i gotta do i might get tired maybe you might find me taking breaks like i might because i'm a projector y'all i might you know do work for an hour and then need to rest for two hours and something like that but i'm gonna get my stuff done okay and then um and i was sitting with that and i think like i was having this moment of questioning questioning some of that dedication and some of that independence and i always tell you guys too that god your angels your guides spirit signs they come through people sometimes so yes seeing angel numbers is beautiful um being able to actually see opportunities and things come through is great but sometimes signs come through the words of others who are speaking to you directly and again yeah it was again at brunch yesterday the person i was with was like you're like literally it was comment of like you're so um one of the things that was noticed was that i'm so dedicated and persistent and that was mentioned a couple times throughout the uh brunch and i was like you know i think this is like something that i needed to be reminded of because i have recently been sort of doubting some of what i'm doing doubting my ethic my work ethic doubting my ability to get where i need to and like i said it's not always easy to navigate whatever path that you're on especially if you find that you're in a season where you're navigating it fairly alone like you may have friends and you may have family around you, but if you feel kind of like you're taking certain steps and really it's up to you to take these steps by yourselves, it can feel a little bit lonely, it can feel a little bit hard, but if you're dedicated and you're persistent and you know what you want and you are willing to settle for nothing, then baby, you gonna make it happen, okay? I don't know what it is, whatever it is, you will make it happen. And that is just sort of this lesson that I have. I think it's just a lifelong lesson for me, much less a lesson of like, you know, 20, uh, 27 years, but it's a lifelong one because it's just one that I've been encountering in like every single situation in my life. Um, and one that I'm grateful to be learning and to constantly be 
like evolving on because it's such a good lesson to really like understand the power of consistency, dedication, strength, belief in yourself, right? That faith. And to really lean into that and allow yourself to realize how powerful you are as a co-creator and how much you can do if you truly, truly put your mind to something and decide that you want something and you're going to have something. So that is it, my loves. Those are my seven lessons I have learned before turning 27. This has been a really amazing episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. I won't be doing too much editing to this one. So hopefully you also like the raw content. <laughs> but um, I'm going to go ahead and finish up some work for the day. Like I said, it is just uh, it's the middle of the day right now. I just had lunch. So I'm a little bit full. But I'm going to finish up some work here and I might run out and do a little fun money shopping today. You guys I actually want to like run to a couple stores and grab some stuff. I've been trying to like upgrade my wardrobe and get some cool pieces. I'm actually going to be donating some of my older pieces in the next couple of weeks. So I wanted to pick start picking up some nicer uh, pieces lately and it is going to be raining soon over here. OK, baby, it's it's been, um you know, we have a flood warning in Dallas. It's going to be raining like all week. It's kind of insane. So I'm just trying to really tap into the warm sun while it is still here. But yeah, my loves, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you for being here. Come find me on Instagram if you haven't already. I haven't posted in a couple days because I'm kind of trying to figure out like some content to create for Instagram that feels authentic and feels right but still come find me and chat with me on there if you found this episode helpful or if there's anything that really resonated with you in this episode i appreciate you so so much for tuning in for listening and i will chat with you guys in the very next episode bye Progressive presents Married to Your Home. I'm disgusting. Oh, house, don't say that. You could live someplace so much better than me. That's not true. Oh, yeah? Look at these uneven stairs. Gross. House, you know I don't care. Ugh, and the squeaky door hinge. I think it's cute. No matter how much you already love your house, you'll love it more knowing you could save big bundling your home and auto with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Progressive presents Forced Metaphors, about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers Hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.